welcome to It's the Breakdown Podcast with Dee Malone. I am Dee Malone and super grateful that you have tuned in to hear what the Lord has to say. Here we break down the word, we show how it's relatable, and then we find and show how we apply this word to our lives. So, I hope you got your Bibles, your notepads, your pens, and you are ready to get into this word. The title of our lesson today is, What Do You Have? Or, let me say it this way, What Do You Have? Okay? And we're going to be looking at 1 Kings uh, chapter 17, verses 8 through 15. And then we're going to go to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. And so, before we get into it, I want to pray. Father God, we thank you for this time, this opportunity, the ability to share and grow in your word and and to, to learn more about who you are, your character, your heart. And we thank you, God. We thank you so much for being God. We thank you for sacrificing your son so that we would be set free. Lord, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for the ultimate price that you paid for us. And I ask you, Lord, that you would decrease me and increase you, that you alone get the glory, that they hear your voice, not mine. Bless each and every one of us that this word falls on good soil and that we apply it to our lives. God, we thank you so much. We love you. We honor you. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let's go. We're going to go to 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 8 first. And, And it reads as such. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath, near the city of Sidon. There is a widow who will feed you. I have given her my instructions. So he went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks and he asked her, would you please bring me a cup of water? As she was going to get it, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God, that I do not have a single piece of bread in the house and I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal and then me and my son will die. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and cook that last meal, but bake me a little loaf of bread first. Afterward, there will still be enough food for you and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There will always be plenty of flour and oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her son continued to eat 
from her supply of flour and oil for many days. For no matter how much they used, there was always enough left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his holy word. So, what do you have? So as we look at this, this particular uh, passage here in this Bible, and this story here, there is a widow. Now, just to give a little bit of context, in the Bible, right, the Lord tells us that we are to take care of widows and orphans. And here we have a widow who has a son, and she and her son, she is prepared to eat one last time. And then she believes that this is going to be the end. She's going to die. They're going to die uh, because they have nothing left. And clearly she had no other way of getting more. And there was no one taking care of this widow. It was just her. And then the Lord says that he had spoken to her already. So with the Lord speaking to her already, telling her that this was going to happen, that Elijah was going to come and she was going to need to feed him. But her response to Elijah's request, she, immediately she went to go get the water. But the bread, she was like, I don't have that. And what little I have, I ain't got enough for you. But the Lord had already had a conversation with her. That's what the text said. The text said, go, there's a, there, there's a woman there. And so we're only left to believe that this is the woman. Although it seems as though she didn't have that conversation. But we know that the Lord said he spoke to her already. But now here's Elijah. Now, Elijah, one of God's line of prophets who are amazing, he has now just been told to leave the village that he was in where he was actually being fed by ravens, the dirtiest bird ever. While God has made some amazing creations, right? All of creation is amazing. These birds are the scavengers like vultures they are they're they're just like very selfish birds okay so they're not looking to do anything but when god is in control and with god being in control he has the ability to take something that is just about itself and turn it into a servant of god so he is now leaving, going to another place where someone else is going to feed him. See, God takes care of his people by any means necessary. By any means necessary. So even a raven will feed you. And now we have this widow who is now having to bring her some, bring him some, some bread. But in it, because God is a rewarder of your faith and obedience, 
she's not she's no longer eating her last meal now she has food for many days and days and days to come because she didn't just keep on walking and go back to her home where her her son is awaiting no 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 so she used what she had she had already told him what she didn't have and so many times we are so ready to tell God what we don't have I don't have a voice like this one I don't have a following like this one I don't have the money like this one I don't have the gifts that this person has but the Lord is saying okay all right here we go so so what do you have and so when she told Elijah she she volunteered the information to Elijah Elijah didn't know Elijah knew what she didn't have because she said I do not have any bread she swore by it I don't have any bread but what I have hello but what I have is some oil that's at the bottom of the jug and I have a little bit of flour that's it I don't have anything else and with that God says but if you give me the little bit I can make it into more and this story signifies what faith and obedience does in our lives what God does with our faith and our obedience he says okay but look if you are faithful with what you have, I can take your scraps and make them into plentiful harvests. So what do you have? Okay, maybe you don't have a voice like uh, Stephanie Mills. And I'm just using her as an example, but maybe you don't have that voice. But maybe you can write songs for Stephanie Mills. Maybe you can write an amazing song. Maybe you are an amazing speech writer. What do you have? See, because even in this space, this woman was gifted an opportunity to have her faith increased in God. She was given an opportunity to believe that Christ did it all. That it wasn't Elijah, it was the Lord. And so now we see, he's like, bring me a bite of bread. She's like, listen here, <laughs> sir, don't even know who you are, but I don't have it. I don't, I don't have it. And, and, and so now she does what? she's asked to do and he says to her immediately don't be afraid go ahead and cook that last meal but first see and here's the thing God says seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all things will be added what unto thee so what Elijah was doing was giving her biblical principle in while it was her last, like the woman with the two mites, 
It was her last, her generosity with her last was rewarded with more. But her her last, right? She she put the bread for God first. For God's for God's chosen. She did that first. He said, do this for me first. And then do everything else. Then do what you're gonna do for you and your son. But do this first. And so we give God our first. We don't give him our last, but in this, this was all she had left. And yet she still gets to give God first of what she made, the first of what she did. And we have the ability to do the same. Give God the first of what you're going to do. Give it to him first. Lord, I'm going to use my gifts for you. I'm going to use my gifts for you. And so she made the bread and then she had plenty. Plenty. So I just want us to see this. Like, what do you have? You give me what you have. And I'll turn it into more. Because, I, because I'm that type of God. I'm a rewarder. Now, I'm going to take us into 2 Kings. 2 Kings. And remember, faith and obedience. And, this, and again, this was an opportunity for faith to be increased. This is, this is to me, this is God showing up and showing out. Let me show you who I am. So now we get into 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. And now this is Elisha. So Elijah and Elisha is like his understudy, right? He's, he's his apprentice. He's coming up underneath uh, Elijah. And so Elisha, the prophet, says, Elisha helps a poor widow. So one day, the widow of Elisha's fellow prophets came to Elisha and cried out to him, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you, Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? I'm going to read that again. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all, except, there's always an except, except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour oil from your flask into the jars, setting the jars aside as they are filled. So she did what she was told. I hope you're hearing this. So she did what she was told. Her sons brought many jars to her, and she filled one 
after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and there will be enough money left over to support you and your sons. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Okay, so these stories are so super similar. Two widows, two faith, faithful, obedient women of God. Two opportunities for faith to increase. Two opportunities for God to show up and show out through his prophets. Two opportunities for us to see how God takes little and turns it into much. Two opportunities for us to see that God is a rewarder of our faith in him and our obedience. He says, without faith, in Hebrews eleven six, 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. It is impossible. The Bible tells us that if you are lukewarm, he will spit you out. You can't, you can't ride the fence. You got to be either with him or against him. And in these two stories, well, what do you have? What do you have? We spend so much time confessing and complaining about what we do not have that we discount, overlook, and ignore what we do have. That goes for friendships. That goes for gifts. That goes for resources. Time. We complained so much about time. Then we had a pandemic and God gave us time. And guess what? Some of us are still the same. Because we didn't utilize the time appropriately. We had it. But we didn't use it appropriately. And now I'm not saying that Oh, you wasted your time. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is so many days, there's so many, you know, times where I've heard so many people, myself included, like, man, if there was more hours in a day. But what I'm learning is you got to be faithful and obedient with what you already have. There has to be some discipline. We have to do things in an orderly fashion. God is an orderly God. He's an intentional God. Every minute is accounted for because he is time. So every minute is accounted for. And this is not a condemning message. So I don't want anybody to feel like, oh, I'm wagging my finger. No, because I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to me. Remember that always. As I minister to you, I minister to myself. We, myself included, I, I've spent many a days thinking about what I didn't have because I was comparing, 
comparison is the thief of joy, but it's also the thief of movement. It's also the thief of progress. See, when you start to compare, you begin to discount you. You begin to ignore and overlook what God put on the inside of you. So concerned about not being able to sing like this person and that person. And God is saying, but, but you can sing, my love. And if you would just sing for me, I would tune every ear. If you would just sing for me you could probably write the best book that would bring somebody out see because your message excuse me your mess is a message right and so you're going to we're going to be blessings God says be blessings I want you to be blessings we're not here just for ourselves And when we discount what we have, we make it about us. See, in both these stories, these women made it about them. My son and I are going to die after this last meal. The creditors want to take my son for slaves. That's about y'all. And I'm not saying that they're they're in the wrong. I'm saying that it becomes, it it becomes where we're turning it inward. We're turning it towards ourselves instead of turning it outward. And so now when she, when they both did what they were told, and I love it that both stories says, so she did what she was told. So she did what Elijah told her to do. So she did what she was told. Are we doing what we have been told to do? God has told us to write books. God has said, I want you to to sing this song. I I, I want you to speak to this person. I I want you to go out and pray for these people. I want you to go out into the world and and tell the people your story. I want you to do, this is what I have set forth for you. This is what I have commanded you to do. And you're telling me, well, I don't have, but but I don't have. God says, go back to school. God, I don't have the money to go back to school. He says, I didn't ask you that. But when you do what I tell you to do, tuition will be paid for. Let me tell y'all something. I remember it was, I think it was uh, 2019. And I'm in church. It's New Year's Eve. And uh, most people don't prophesy to me. And I don't know if I've told this story, but if I have, just listen again. (laughs) But I... uh, I'm in a church. It's not my it's not my home church, right? And so most pastors, most people don't prophesy over me at all. And this one time in particular, I, I, I'm sitting with a guy who's not my guy, technically. Well, he was. We were supposed to be, long story, but that didn't end up working out. And I'm with the rest of my family. And I'm like, okay, cool. He won, you know, one of the gifts. And I'm like, wait, what's happening here today? Something's different going on. 
And because this wasn't my first time coming to this church for watch night service and didn't get anything. Um, and so, uh, and by anything, I mean they were giving away gifts. So not that I didn't get anything out of the word. So I just want to make sure I clarify that. So in any event, uh, one of the pastors comes down. And he's testifying, he's telling his testimony. And we're like, wow, amazing. And he starts walking. And then he stopped and he talked over some person. He talked to them, you know, and started saying things. And he's walking towards me. But I'm not, honestly, I'm thinking nothing of it. But he stops and he gets like right in, in, in the pew, like before mine. And he says to me, you stand up and I'm standing there sitting there like excuse me no he can't be talking to me so I'm looking around <laughs> I'm like he's not talking to me because you know most people don't don't do that where I've gone to churches to be prophesied over and they will walk right past me so I'm thinking nah he can't possibly be talking to me like why would he be talking to me and I, I'm still looking a little lost and everybody's like, you, you, he's talking to you. My family's like, you. And I look and I'm like, okay. And immediately I begin to pray, Lord God, whatever, you know, like, I just, I just need you to tell me what's going on here. Like, what, what's happening? And he begins to speak to me. And he says to me, you have been wondering about school. But if you just take the step, listen to me, y'all. If you just take the step. God will take care of the rest. Now, I'm flabbergasted because I wasn't thinking about school. I was thinking about school in a different type of way, but it wasn't like going back to school. And so I'm thinking to myself, I have to remember, and I want to make sure that I'm clear about this. When you receive a prophecy, when someone prophesies over you, um, it's not always for the immediate. Most of the time, it's for the future, okay? So here we are, uh, and it was maybe a, a year and some change. We're probably about to go into this pandemic, and I'm having this desire because I'm studying super hard, and I have this desire to go to Bible college. And I'm like, wow, and I, I talk to my soul sister, yeah, I think I really want to do this. I think I really want to do this, but I don't I don't know like where to go. And I started researching and she told me a school, the school that I'm actually in right now. And I was like, man, but we don't have any money for tuition. Like, how are we gonna do this? And I don't want to do a loan, Jesus. And I promise you, I filled out the application, kind of thinking that it wasn't gonna happen. Like, ah, I don't have enough credits. I don't even know is my transcripts. I don't know anything. And uh, this school accepted me, I don't even know how many days afterwards. It was almost like immediately. And I was like, excuse me? And thereafter, God has been taking care of my tuition. So, he honors the obedience. And he honors the faith. So somebody told prophesy over me 
a year in, uh, ago or prior to, and then boom, here we are. So, wow, when you move in the direction of what God said that he wants you to do, he takes care of it. He turns little into much. So what do you have that God has put down on the inside of you that's burning in your belly that God is saying if you would just use that I could show you my power I could increase your faith I will increase your faith within me I want you to believe in me even if you got the mustard seed faith your mustard seed faith I need that to move you into the direction down the path that I have set forth for you. These two women who were widows, God made it so that while no one else had stepped forward to take care of them, you might feel like nobody has your back. And it's just you alone. But I want you to know that you are not alone. That God sees you. That God hears you. And you have something that he put inside of you. He has equipped you with what you need. And he's waiting for you to use it. He's waiting for us to do as we were told. These women were taken care of by the king himself, but he sent his prophets to be the examples for the rest of the people. This is what you do, you take care of the widows and the orphans. So God still took care of them. You might feel like no one is helping you out. Nothing seems to be going your way. Nothing seems to be going right. You got debt. Creditors are coming for you. Your stuff is running low. Just do as you're told. God is saying, just do as you're told. That's what the word is saying. That she did what she was told. So she did as she was told. He's like, just trust me. Trust me and let me increase your faith. Let me reward your faith and obedience. Let me show you how good of a God I am. And not that we're doing things just to get things. No. But we want more faith in God. We want to grow deeper into him. We want to closer relationship with him but it takes us doing the things that he's already told us to do no more procrastinating no more comparison no more discounting or 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 overlooking and ignoring what we already have because what we have is exactly what we need it's what we need to do what he has called us to do. We have assignments, we have a purpose. 
He says, before I even formed you in your mother's womb, I knew who you were. I put these gifts, these talents, I've put all of these things into you. Why? Because I knew you would do what I've asked of you. God knows each and every one of us. He knows exactly what he's put down on the inside of us. And so many of us are looking everywhere to try to find what our purpose is. And we're saying what we don't have. And we're so busy looking elsewhere. And God is like, but you do have me. You have the Holy Spirit within you. The minute you accepted Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is inbred. So what you do have is the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the things that God has equipped us with. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He will lead us down the right path. He will direct us, but we got to trust Trust has to come into the equation. These women, they trusted what they heard, what was told to them. And then they did what they were told to do. What do you have? It's valuable. It's priceless. I want to take you to one more story and I I won't be before you much longer I promise but I want us to go to Acts chapter 3 and I want us to look at verse 1 through 11 and I love this story um, of Peter (laughs) Uh, I believe it was uh, Peter and Silas but we're going to go here right now so Acts chapter 3 uh, hold on, y'all. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. All right. See, y'all know I'm, I'm really reading the word because I'm turning pages. So I'm in the actual book. Hallelujah. All right. Peter heals a crippled beggar. And I want to read this story. It's not the same as the other two, but, but, it, but it shows that using what you have is so important. Okay. So. Here we go. Peter and John, sorry, not Silas, John, duh. (laughs) Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. He got some, some, these are some nice people carrying you in. You, You gotta imagine, he's probably a little heavy. Okay. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate. So he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly expecting a gift. But Peter said, I don't have any money for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankle bones were healed and strengthened. 
he jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Now all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God when they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate. They were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out to Solomon's colonnade where he was holding tightly to Peter and John. Everyone stood there in awe of the wonderful thing that had happened. God bless your word. So, he says, I don't have any money, but I'm going to give you what I have. I have the healing power from Jesus Christ. I, I'm going to give you what I have. I have Jesus. So I'm, so, so I'm going to speak life over you. That's what I have for you. Sometimes we want to do things for people, but then we discount the fact that all I, all I could do is pray. No, 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 no. It's not all I can do. That's the best thing I can do for you is pray. That is the best thing that I could do. I can pray for you. And then I can, I can walk in faith that this prayer is being answered. If there's more that I can do, then I ha- I'm already equipped to do it. This beggar was healed. Because he said, well, okay. I, I'm, I'm going to grab hold of his hand. He's reaching out for my hand. I'm going to grab hold of his hand and I'm going to stand up. His faith was increased with what Peter had. He had Jesus. He had the Holy Spirit. He had the power to heal. Because Peter had believed. And so God is saying, well, All you got to do is believe. Because again, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. Trust in the Lord. So you may feel like you don't have a lot of something, but dig deep recognize what you do have and then surrender that to God and allow God to use that for his glory let him take the small and show you how he multiplies it and we know that that's what God does he took the five loaves hello the the two fish and five loaves He took that boy's, that baby's lunch and made it into a meal for the multitude of people. That's what he does. When Peter, when they, when they were all standing around and the the crowd had come and, and, and they like, we don't have any food to feed these people. What do you have? (laughs) The Lord said, well, what do you have? Oh, all we have is, is, is this bread and, and this this fish all right give me that and he just broke it up and before you know it they had extras 
there was more than enough. What do you have? What do you have? What do we have? Silver and gold, I have none. But what I do have, I give. I give to you. I give to you. that you take my little my little bit of faith and you increase it into more that I have faith abundantly you said that you would do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or think even imagine but if I would just do my part what do I have no I don't have a teaching degree but what do I have I have the bible I have the Holy Spirit that guides me. What do you have? God wants to use it. It's time to use it. It is time to use it. Let God have his way in our lives. There's so much waiting. There's so many people that will be helped when we let God have his way with what we do have because what we have is so important to who we are who we were created to be it's important to the purpose to the calling to the assignment to the mission Peter wasn't rich he didn't have any money but what he did have remember when Peter they were out fishing didn't catch a thing and they were like you want us to go back in the water we didn't we we didn't catch anything like why would we go back out there and the Lord tells them to turn it over on the left side cast it on the left side they came up with more fish than they could ever ever handle they had to call in help they had nothing but a net and this boat but Jesus was in the boat Jesus is in our boat he takes little and turns it into much because he loves us that much because we are a part of the mission we are a part the kingdom we want the kingdom to be here we are his kingdom people we are chosen people God is not going to lead us astray. He's not going to leave us out to dry. He has our back, our front, our sides, the top, the bottom, from the crown of our heads to the soles of our feet. So I pray that this, this, this word that we, we hide it in our hearts, that that we take this word and we apply it that we get out of our own way and we let God be God and we don't compare ourselves to anyone we don't discount what God has given us we allow God to show us what it is that we have that he wants to use for his glory and that we watch God turn our little bit of faith into 
grandiose, humongous, magnanimous faith and watch him reward for our faithfulness, for our obedience because he loves us that much and he wants us to fall in love, be in love, stay in love with him and each other and others. I know you are already blessed, but I pray that you're blessed even more. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you so much for all that you have equipped us with for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for every gift, every talent. Help us, Lord God, to use what we have for your glory, for the benefit of the kingdom. Help us, Lord God, to use what we have to serve others. Help us to not be self-serving or self-seeking, but to think of others more than we think of ourselves. Help us to be closer to you, to grow deeper into you. Increase our faith, Lord God, where we have a mustard seed. Lord God, give us strong faith. Help us to have the faith that that just blows minds, Lord God. Help us to be obedient because obedience is far better than sacrifice. Help us to be thankful for what we do have because what we have is greater than what we don't have. Amen. So we thank you, Lord God, and we honor you, we worship you, and we love you. All these things in your name, Jesus, we do pray. Amen. Amen. Let us be thankful for what we have. Because when we're not thankful for what we have, the enemy, he loves to make us not be thankful. And that's how he keeps our eyes distracted and looking at other body, everybody else's things. Let us be thankful for what we have. Let's no longer discount what God has put on the inside of us. Let us grow in faith and remain obedient. Okay. I love y'all. Grateful to have you. Share this with a friend who needs to hear this. And um, Lord willing, I will see you again next Friday. Be blessed.